Good morning. I'm Karen Audubonny. And this morning I have on the air with me for the first time for me in many, many years is David Eister, Mendocino County DA. David, are you with me? Good morning, Karen, and good morning, Mendocino County and beyond. Yeah, yeah, that's a good line. I use that sometimes. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, so David has been our district attorney since, when did you tell me, 2000? So I was elected uh, in uh, 2010 in the 2010. Uh, general election uh, in November, and I was sworn in on January 3rd of uh, 20, well, 2010 I was elected, 2011 I was sworn in. But your history in Mendocino County goes back further than that, because I first saw you in action back in 1988 in the courtroom. You, um, My uncle was a victim of a violent burglary, and you prosecuted that case, and I watched you do it successfully. Thank you very much. So how long have you been around the county and in this, not in the position of the DA? Office, um, I, I started work here in uh, October of 1984. Um, worked here approximately for 12 years, and unfortunately, uh, uh, my boss uh, decided to fire me. Ooh, I remember and that. So, <laughs> I remember that now that you say that. So I was then hired by uh, Steve Hedstrom over in Lake County for uh, a short while, and then I went to work for a uh, pretty high-powered law firm in Sacramento. So uh, that that firm is uh, was known as Berger and Plavin, and then eventually... Uh, I did some criminal defense and returned to Mendocino County to work for Duncan James. Oh, so you've been around the county a long time. You know our county well, and you've got a lot of basic how we've um, how the constitution of the crimes have changed in the county. So I appreciate that. So one of the things we talked about prior me coming on the is that you're you're officially not a department of the county. You are a constitutional. What was it? Catch me office. up. Constitutional office. There you go. So when when the when California uh, became a state in 1850, there were certain offices that were uh, the Constitution required to be created. Um, the sheriff was one of them, and the uh, district attorney was another one of them. Um, and so, what you've seen over the years, 1850 to present, you've seen growth of county government to a certain degree. And most of that growth is in um, departments that have been created by the Board of Supervisors and overseen by the uh, county executive office. Um, while the supervisors uh, certainly supervise and control the budget of the, uh, the DA and the sheriff, they don't uh, manage those offices. That's my job. And so that's kind of the, uh, when you say office versus department, that's, that's kind of a constitutional difference. Thank you for pointing that out. That's something that I learned today from you. Thank you. That's good to know. And that's true about the budget is that you submit a budget to the CEO, as we have now, and then um, the supervisors review it, and then they pass the budget, and that's what you're supposed to live within. But um, consistently, they've under-budgeted you, I believe. This has kind of been a running thing with you and the sheriff's department, I will say. Um, um, and I don't know if it's overtime or just because the lack of predictability about what cases will come to you when. Um, how's that been working out? I know they have to fund what you do, which is great because you've got to do what you do. Um, has it? How's it working out, though? 
Well, you know, I'm 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 in a different uh, boat than the sheriff. Um, the sheriff has uh, on the street obligations, and as crime uh, occurs, he has uh, overtime that basically he has no control over. As people have to go out and may stay on a crime scene for uh, two or three days straight, um, so it's expensive for him. I I can't complain. Um, you know. Miss Angelo, the CEO, has been um, a very good partner in the budgeting process with uh, me and my office. Um, we we haven't had a, a big fight about it. They've they've generally ultimately given us given me what I need to get the job done. Um, there was a little criticism uh, this year because uh, uh, at a, a mid year review sort of thing, the um, there was criticism that we were predicted to be over budget by the end of the year, which would be the first time in 10 years that we'll, we would be over budget in at the end of the year. So I, I, I didn't get too upset about it, but the, you know, the problem tended to be that uh, they give you an artificial number to start with and they want you to then uh, budget against that artificial number. And I refuse to do it. Uh, my position is I have to budget what I believe is necessary to get the job done. Otherwise, you see me coming back over and over asking for supplement. So um, I don't want to do that. I want to be, you know, truth in numbers and tell them what I need up front and ask them to honor that. There's uh, a lot of case law in California that even if I was to uh, blow the budget by a big number, um, if the uh, budgetary needs are reasonable, they have to fund it because, uh, you know, the uh, public safety is uh, priority one for local government. Well, I do appreciate you being accurate about that budget. As, as my listeners know, I'm a numbers person, always have been. Follow the budget, follow the money at election time. Um, and I appreciate having an accurate budget to project what we're going to need. Um, I did notice I went online. By the way, folks, if you want to see what the DA's office is doing, I have to say your website is really good at the county site, uh, David. It's wonderful. Um, you list a lot of, you list your employees, you list the projects you're doing. You've got... Um, um, hate crime uh, reports. You've got all kinds of really good reports there that um, I haven't in the past. I know web stuff was a challenge, but it's uh, it was very impressive. I will say, as a department, very very tra very transparent. I thank you for that. Very transparent. I, I appreciate your kind words. Um, when we've been evaluated, there's there's 58 counties in the state, and when you look at all 58. We're number one in the amount of information we share with uh, the Mendocino County voters and citizens. And that's something that I thought was essential um, when I took office and we've kept it up uh, from day one. Um, I also noticed when I was looking at the site that you're short a few um, regular attorneys and your chief assistant is you're short too? You've got about four positions that are you're short. Um, does that make the caseload pretty tough for everybody remaining there? Um, it it doesn't make it easy, but I have uh, I have uh, uh, really high quality uh, uh, professional staff that um, have great work ethic, and um, the, if 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 someone is overwhelmed they jump in and help that person and help the caseload. 
um, as you and I were talking, I'm, I'm a little bit broken right now. And the work uh, that I would do normally, I can't do uh, as efficiently as I was uh, prior to April. And so the, uh, the professional staff, the attorneys are picking up that slack for what I used to do. And it's, it's really gratifying to see that. Yeah, if the listeners don't know, uh, David Eister, the DA, has a, they're out on Facebook, and he posted he took a little bit of a trip going across the, I think it's the repair work or the new work they're doing uh, at the, on the side street there on uh, Perkins. And how, how, how dare I walk in the crosswalk? How dare you walk in the crosswalk? So he took it. He took a tumble, and he's got a crushed elbow or a broken elbow. And a uh, fractured elbow, a, uh, a hip bursitis, and a. Uh, Badly sprained uh, wrist. And on top, all on the left side. All on the left side. Yeah, that's true. But you're right-handed. I hope. I am. You thank are goodness. right-handed. Yeah. So, um, yeah. The other thing I wanted to say about the website that um, I'm, I really appreciated, just again, because I like looking at these things, is you had how long each one of your employees had been working in your department. That was really great to see. I mean, some of your staff women have been there for uh, since the '90s, which is that's a great bank of knowledge you've got there. And trend. I mean, it's that was very impressive. Uh, Carmen, Carmen Macias, who uh, is my uh, top office uh, non-professional administrator, um, she was my legal secretary starting in 1984 when I uh, first joined the DA's office as a uh, uh, family support, uh, child support enforcement DA. Um, and so she, uh, she knows what I'm thinking before I even think it. That's got to make it fun. So, listeners, uh, I'm Karen Audubon. You're listening to KZWX and Z, and I on the air with me is David Eister, our Mendocino County DA, and we're just getting familiar with the department, and we're going to move forward with that. So, or not the department, but the office. How's that? Thank uh, you. There we go again. I will try to change my language now that I've been educated. It, it may take a bit at my age, but we'll work on it. Uh, so, David, there's some really, it's not just the DA. I mean, it's not just being in the courtroom, which you are a lot. You've also got a whole investigative section of your office where yeah, you've got I investigators. Have, uh, what we call the investigative bureau, right. uh, the Bureau of Investigations. And I have uh, seven peace officers that work for me. Um, and their job is, uh, for example, if we have an officer-involved shooting, um, it, it's probably bad practice to have the uh, agency that did the shooting investigate it. So my folks uh, take it over 100% and go out and do all the interviews, gather all the evidence, make a report to me, and... Uh, then they, uh, I submit a public report to the uh, citizens explaining whether it was a justified shoot or not. Probably the biggest one I, I've done since I've been DA was when I had to uh, review the uh, Basler oh, uh, yeah. situation uh, out in the, uh, in the forest. Yeah, that was a really sad case. Um, it was sad and complicated sad and very complicated i remember many years ago that was several years ago um the other part of your office that i have had contact with personally and because of my uncle's situation was the victim witness uh 
part of your office. And I think uh, I used to do shows and bring them in and talk about what they do, which I will probably do because actually April is Victim Witness Month, I believe, or a special day, but they didn't do it. It's a week that we celebrated that office. Well, they, they did it. Did. It was last they did week. It. Oh, they did. But with COVID, they we, did we, it. We just, we just missed it by a week. Okay, and they did do it, because I looked at that, and it didn't look like it was last year they did it, but because of COVID, I didn't think they were going to do it this year, so that's good. Yeah, Crime Victims Rights Week was uh, April 18th through 24th of this year. Well, so it's a great... We, we didn't have a parade or a ticker tape parade <laughs> like that, because, again, the downtown's all torn up, but the right. bottom line is is that we, uh, we try to do outreach to let people know that there are some very dedicated uh, individuals that work up in Victim Witness... And one, they, they help people that are not familiar with the criminal justice system to understand it. Two, they provide a, uh, a compassionate uh, listening uh, post for folks to you know, ask questions. Three, they understand the criminal justice system. So if the person can't be there or the family can't be in court, they'll go and, and check on it and... Uh, um, Make sure they report back what's what happened, what's the new dates, what to expect down the road. It, it becomes super important, especially when we have uh, uh, minor victims. You know, say it's a child molest case, unfortunately, and we need a, a, a young child to have to come to court and be put into a very uh, weird situation where you have a bunch of strangers looking at you as you tell a very... Uh, uh, sultry story. Yeah. So they're they're really good at at helping folks uh, through the process. It's quite the program, and it's I think it's ex- expanded since I was familiar back with it in '88, and then later in early 2000. Um, probably, probably yeah. when you were there, there was uh, I'm guessing uh, maybe two advocates. Yeah, about that I believe. Yeah, maybe three. Part-time, yeah, part-time? It, it would be three at the most, and now I believe we have uh, five, and, and we're, you know, we're, we're trying to find uh, uh, additional folks to, to do the job. It's, it, it's tough because um, the, the funding for such a necessary program is a, is a little bit spotty, but I, again, I, I cannot knock uh, our supervisors or the CEO because they've been very supportive of making sure we had the funding to keep uh, victim witness uh, active and robust. Yeah, it's a very necessary part for anybody, a victim or a witness or family members of them who get thrown into the system because the system can be very overwhelming, very terrifying, and they just smooth it out for you. So that's that's a great program I did want to highlight today and talk about. So uh, are there any other programs that you'd like to talk about that are under your uh, purview in the department or the uh, office? We, you know, me? we have programs for all sorts of things. We, you know, I have a... a, a an attorney and an investigator working with the sheriff's office on this, uh, I'm sure you've seen in the, the news, this EDD fraud, oh, where uh, yeah. uh, prisoners in the uh, state prisons and the local jails were applying for uh, uh, benefits, uh, unemployment benefits, when they weren't employed and weren't deserving of them. You know, uh, even uh, Scott Peterson, the uh, uh, down at San Quentin was receiving uh, unemployment benefits as he at the time was sitting on death row. So we've had that here and we're, we're working on um, 
trying to bring, uh, you know, I'm not sure we're going to get uh, uh, restitution for all the money it was taken. It's sometimes difficult to get blood from a turnip. Right. Um, but the bottom line is that's it. You can't trust the system unless we have safeguards in place. So we're at least trying to catch up and uh, hold people accountable for bad acts. So what you're telling me thing I bring out is, you know, we we are constantly doing outreach with uh, uh, folks that uh, if if they're aware of or see uh, elder abuse and and the likes to make sure that they uh, report such things to the uh, um, local uh, police department or sheriff's office. Uh, If we can assist those uh, frontline agencies, uh, we do it. We have uh, attorney or investigators that are assigned to uh, child abduction cases um, where we help uh, track down and as necessary travel to bring a child back to a, uh, a custodial parent here in Mendocino County. Uh, when the kid has been taken away uh, unlawfully and wrongfully. Um, so we, you know, there's, there's a lot of, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm talking with the sheriff constantly about uh, the problems he's experiencing with uh, black market marijuana. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to be meeting with uh, the CEO this Friday about uh, uh, some questions and some answers in that regard. And, Again, uh, uh, the supervisors and the CEO have been very supportive of our efforts, at least my efforts. So how many staff do you actually oversee in your office? Approximately, it varies, but approximately 40 to 45. Wow, that's quite a few to be managing. So, um, so that's, that's one of those things that I can't take credit for that. Carmen Macias <laughs> is... Uh, She's the head ring uh, master, and uh, she cracks the whip around here and keeps me informed. It's good to have good good support staff. That's what makes this county run. I will say it is the support staff folks that do it. Absolutely. Yeah, over in the over in the admin building. So you've been around a long time. We got that down. Um, you've seen the county. You've been in and out of the county. Um, you've been a DA since uh, 2012, um, and you're gonna continue to do that you told me off the air um what what changes have you seen in our county i know i know what changes i've seen living in the hills and doing radio but you're in a key position of of having to see the low of the low lives um how how has crime changed in the county over your tenure well it's 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 interesting it's it's not just crime but it's also legislation um if you recall back uh uh, when I when I first took uh, office, the legislature uh, decided to uh, pass uh, realignment, and realignment is where they decided that over 500 felonies uh, were no longer eligible for um, state prison commitments, and so those folks convicted of those uh, 500 plus felonies would instead be housed in the uh, local jail which had severe impacts on the sheriff because now we're bringing in a higher uh, level of offender and keeping them for longer in the jail. You know, our county jail was intended to house people for up to one year. And now we have people that are being sentenced to county jail for multiple years. Wow. And so the services that you would normally see um, at the state prison level were never intended to be at the county level, but that's what the sheriff now has to provide. 
Um, so it's, it's a little bit of, uh, uh, stealing from Peter to pay Paul because they're, all they did was switch the expense from the state, uh, to the County and Mendocino County, uh, um, has had its, uh, financial issues over the year and, and was not necessarily prepared to, to deal with all that at the outset. So, um, with that higher, uh, you know, higher level offender, they, they, they all of a sudden gave the uh, DA the responsibility of uh, prosecuting parole offenders, uh, people that uh, violate their parole, um, used to be handled by the state, not anymore. I take care of that. Um, we have all sorts. We have probably at this point three different types of uh, parole. We have parole, we have post-release community supervision, basically just a another form of parole. And we also have mandatory supervision. Again, basically another uh, uh, type of parole. So, you know, we've had Prop 64, we've had Prop 47, uh, we've had just, we've, we've turned the criminal justice system upside down, um, yet we've been able to survive these many uh, changes, watershed changes in Mendocino County. And again, a lot of that has to do with a, uh, uh, first with Sheriff Allman and then with Sheriff Kendall, who have been very effective in uh, addressing change. Managing um, the increases. Excuse me. Managing the increases in their air in their in their jail population. Period. Absolutely, and yeah. and then you know with with the uh, legalization of uh, marijuana or cannabis, whatever word you want to use, um, it's it's created a whole different um, paradigm. And part of that is, is that we, we've had a, probably in the last uh, two years, three years, we, we've had a significant increase in uh, violent crime. And that, when I say violent crime, I mean uh, murder, attempted murder, robbery, uh, home invasions, carjacking. Uh, you know, we used to get, you know, I, I can't say that Mendocino County has been murder free, but we, we just didn't have the volume um, that we have uh, these days. Um, you know, I, I mentioned to you yesterday uh, the, that uh, case that's under investigation up in Willits. I, I charged the uh, suspect with uh, two counts of murder. And, you know, it, it wasn't business we needed, but it's, it's necessary and we had to do it. And... Um, I know my investigator was up there with the sheriff's folks and they're working hard on uh, peeling back the many layers of that particular onion and trying to get to the truth. Are you seeing, um, I know the sheriff says he sees more gang evidence. Are you seeing at the court level also? Are these being prosecuted and brought in and dealt with? You know, it's, it's, that's, that's an interesting thing. I, I agree with the sheriff. Um, I, I think in the media, you like to talk about the cartels, and I'm not necessarily, I, I've seen a couple of cases that I know uh, were cartel-based, uh, um, but the gangs that we deal with here tend to be more um, what I'll call uh, relational gangs, um, family uh, gangs that, you know, all their lives, uh, this extended family group has been doing it. Are, are there cartels that go all the way back to South America? No, they, they aren't. 
Um, but they're, in essence, local gangs. So, yeah, we're, we're seeing a lot of that. Um, when you reduce the penalties for cannabis, what you did was um, the, the gangs getting involved in cannabis, the, the minimal penalties that are now there are basically the cost of doing business. And so with, that's why we've seen the problems, uh, the increase of crime in Covalo, for example. Uh, so it's, we don't have an answer to it. Uh, the sheriff and I have talked about some solutions, and I think uh, in the near future, you're probably going to see I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pivot a little bit and do things a little bit differently. And that may be a, a discussion for another show when I get around to that. Well, that would be interesting to hear how how you and the sheriff to deal with it because the times have changed and the crime the crimes have changed the basis of the crimes have changed um i'm definitely seeing an upgrade in the violence that didn't used to happen around here that's now happening around here or maybe we just didn't hear about it because you didn't find the bodies that could have been the old way of doing it you know how we did in the hills but um yeah so to continue on with that, I wanted to, one of the things I wanted to ask you about is we just, we're not done with it by any means, but COVID, COVID hit us terribly hard. And um, I, was, I, was, I was thinking, I had some friends that got called to jury duty and I was thinking, oh my God, how did you handle the court system and keep it effective during COVID? Has, have, it must have been a challenge on your department. Or your office, it was. Excuse me. Um, I, I think any uh, we we've never been closed because of uh, COVID. Uh, we've stayed open every single day, um, every business day, um, and we did that by uh, doing some pr- uh, proactive uh, precautions. We we had uh, Perel stations in this office two years before we ever heard of of uh, COVID. So the staff was already aware of the need for uh, hand washing and using the hand sanitizers and the lights. Um, we we uh, ordered up masks probably on day two of when we realized masks were effective and made sure that everyone in this office had masks. We, um, we created, in essence, our own little bubble here. And the staff was uh, really good with us. Um, for making sure they weren't bringing problems back to their coworkers. So we've yet to have a positive uh, uh, COVID in, in, this, in, in all the office staff, which I, uh, you know, that has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with the staff and their willingness to work hard to uh, keep everyone safe. Did it change? In the um- court- yeah, in the courts. Did it change your approach to the courts? I mean, did it change well, your approach you know, to jury to have a jury yeah, instead yeah. of a plead out? You know. Well, it's what what you found in the courts is is that <clears throat> there there's was an period of time. So in 2020, I think our last jury trial was probably in October, and we just started up. Um, uh jury trials again probably in march so between october to march we had no jury trials going out and that's a lot of uh cans to kick down the street and so i don't know how long it's going to be to uh address that backlog but it won't be a year i i'm i'm guessing anywhere uh up to three years it's going to take to uh try to get back to what i'll call 
normal. But you know, the the person that that gets the uh, the most kudos for uh, uh, trying to make sure things work was uh, the presiding judge, Ann Mormon. Um, she has uh, been very communicative uh, regarding uh, what was going on and and why and coming up with strategies to uh, um, make people not only be safe, but feel safe in the uh, courtrooms. So, you know, on the, on the uh, Tuesday that I fell and, and broke my elbow, I was in a jury trial. And, you know, jury trials um, are interesting because many times the uh, selection of the jury takes longer than the evidence. Um, with COVID-19 precautions, it's taken even longer. And so, you, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a drag on the uh, potential jurors. It's certainly a drag on the, uh, the attorney and the, uh, the prosecutor and the defense attorney. Um, and, of course, the judge. But we're getting it done, believe it or not. So um, the, the courts have done well. I, I know that, like in Sonoma County, they shut down all the courts. Um, the DA's office shut down the DA's office. People were just working from home. Um, we we just never done that here. We, you know, we wanted to be open. We wanted to be accessible to you and others, and that's what we've done. So it sounds like we can safely say to listeners who get a jury duty summons that you should show up. You should be. It's going to be safe, and you can do your civic duty. Correct. Yeah, and and I I think the key word there is safe. They they've taken precautions, and uh, you know, uh, social distancing is uh, happening in the courtrooms. And a, a they used to go into a courtroom, and a jury would sit in a jury box. Um, that's not the way anymore. They sit all over the entire courtroom, and then. Uh, they don't let anybody else come into the courtroom. And so because you're entitled to a, uh, a public trial, they have their YouTube uh, channel that the Superior Court. So each trial is being uh, real-time broadcast on YouTube. So if anyone wants to watch a trial in action, it is happening on YouTube. In fact, there's a, uh, uh, a child molest uh, case that's happening as we speak. Uh, started last week, going this week, and probably will go next week. Wow. So what do you just YouTube Mendocino County Superior Court and it comes up? Go to the Mendocino County Superior Court website. And, and then, if you look wow. over on the left side down a little bit, you'll see there's reference to the YouTube station. Um, if there's no one sitting there, you'll always see the judge. If the judge isn't sitting there, they're either in chambers talking or they're on break. Wow, that's impressive. I had no idea that was going on. That's great. And you can also go to the DA's website to see what cases are uh, what c- cases are in court for this week. Also, it, it, I think you update it every week. It looks like we up every by the close of business on Friday. We update uh, what preliminary hearings uh, and trials will be going the following week. So great. there's uh, that's there. What one of my little fun little things though, as we're, we're talking about this business is we also have the um, the office uh, history tab that's in the office where we keep track of all the former uh, DAs and some election history and uh, with the help of Mike Janella who I know you know um, 
Mike has helped with uh, doing the um, sketches of former uh, district attorneys. And to put it mildly, we've had some real characters serve as DA of Mendocino County. Yeah, that's been really fun to read. Um, you've been posting it on Facebook on the DA's uh, website, uh, um, on the Facebook page. Excuse me. And uh, yeah, it we has... do that every we do it every Saturday. But yeah. I'm 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 slowing down. I I it may not be every Saturday because <laughs> I don't type. You know that there's one handed yeah sort of thing. Yeah. It doesn't work really well. Yeah, but folks, if you want to go and get a really great perspective of the history of the DA's department on uh, for Mendocino County, it is fascinating. There's a little link to on the webpage where you can go and, and read all these. I didn't know that Mike Janella was actually doing that. He's doing a really good job. It is fascinating. Uh, he did this. This last one was the very first uh, uh, the very first DA in the Mendocino County history, which was 1859. Uh, up until from 1850 to 1859, the state didn't believe that Mendocino County could govern itself, so Sonoma County did it. Um, but and finally, and there was a, a law passed in '59 that says, "Okay, you're you're ready." We're ready. And so uh, the very first guy uh, was this past Saturday, and and Mike uh, wrote that sketch, and uh, uh, it, it's a fun one. Again, um, it, it's not. 100% comprehensive, but it gives you enough uh, information to uh, know who the person was and kind of get a feel for the times. Oh, we were the renegade county, I'll tell you. All right, listeners, you're listening to KZYX. I'm Karen Audubonny. This is TKO. And on the air with me is David Eister, our DA. And we pretty well covered, I think, your department and what you're doing, David. Any Anything we missed here for the listeners? Just getting them up to speed, uh, you know? You know, there's there's so many things we do, and, and it's such a, a strong staff. Um, I think we covered it, and what's going to happen is someone will be in here later to yell at me and say I didn't cover it. Oh, you missed somebody. Yeah, that's probably true. I am actually surprised. To give my apologies in advance. <laughs> there you go. I was actually shocked when you brought up the whole EDD uh, scam, that there had been maybe some inmates at the county jail that were actually doing that. Wow, that's, oh, yeah. that's no, impressive. They're, they're, Go get them, David. There definitely was people doing that, both in the jail and out of the jail, because oh. it was tough to do with just from the jail, so you yeah. had to have help from the outside. Yeah. So that's what makes the investigations more difficult, is, is that uh, you, you have all the records of EDD, but you also have to follow all the rabbit holes and, and chase down who was doing what and when. Well, that between the EDD scam and the phone scams that have been going on in the county, you know, and that it, that target seniors. I mean, yeah, please go after and get them. I'd love to see some prosecutions on that. So I'm gonna actually, you know, I'm gonna open up the lines for some callers to get in some questions. Uh, I want to be very respectful of our DA and you know list some concerns you might have or questions you have about how this whole process works, but. Again, go to the website, folks, because it's it's informative and it's fascinating to see the different uh, projects and the different focus that this office has. And see, I got it right that time. It is a constitutional office. I am so educated. Yes, you did. This is good. See, well, you know, there, even a, there is hope. There is there hope is hope for, for an old age gal on the phone, on the radio. So, uh, folks, you can call in to get a question uh, to our DA at eight nine five. Two four four 
8. And before we take our first call, I do want to say, I want to thank everybody that called in for their pledges and up their memberships and stuff. We, qu- we haven't quite met our goal, but if you haven't done that and you enjoy the programming you're hearing now and the access you have, please take a moment to go to our website, kzwax.org, and hit that big donate button. Or you can, you know, call it in. I bet you there's somebody that would take it. Or you can always snail mail it to P.O. Box 1 in Philo. You know, I'm always promoting this because this access to open lines like this is pretty unique, I would say, over the country. But we do it here, and we've done it consistently for you. So, David, are you ready for some questions, sir? Shoot away. No, 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 don't don't say that. Now you're in Mendocino County. All right, we're going to get our first caller on the air this morning. Whoops, that didn't work. Hey, caller, you're there. Well, looks like nobody's... We're going to drop all of these. I don't know what's going on here. Let me have to get my techie in here to see what's going on. Let's try this one. Nope, does not want to go away. There we go. All right, try this one. Caller, you're on the air with us this morning. Good morning. Good morning. This is uh, Tom from Redwood Valley calling for D.A. Eister, and thank you so much for appearing on Karen's wonderful show. I do have a question about, uh, well, permit applicants, cultivator, cannabis cultivator permit applicants and permit holders, even some with state tickets that... uh, or fraudsters operating under the cover of legality because of their permits. Uh, is that going to be an area which your DA investigators check out, or is the overwhelmed building and planning going to be stuck with that? And I'm going to let you take that off the air because your signal is really bad, but thanks for the call. So, so, Tom, um, my my investigators are not what I call frontline investigators, except in the case of uh, officer-involved shooters, election fraud. Um, uh, they assist uh, with almost all murder investigations. They will, uh, they are assisting me. I have uh, an investigator who has uh, significant uh, marijuana background, but um, for the moment, the uh, enforcement is with building and planning. Um, it's secondarily with the uh, sheriff's office. And then it's also to a certain degree um, with the uh, county council and supervisors. Um, as I mentioned before, um, I'm not necessarily satisfied with the, uh, the results that have been uh, occurring with the fraudsters. And I agree there are a, a good number of that. The black market is still vibrant out there and uh, and the likes. It's it's just tough these days to tell who is uh, legit and who isn't. Um, it takes a lot of effort to do that. But we're trying to make a change, at least um, I'm going to try to make a change in how we look at some of this, probably uh, anywhere from 30 days from now to 60 days from now, and, and try to put a, a, a spotlight on some of this. So I understand we get calls all the time from neighbors saying, you know, something isn't right here. And we try to do what we can. But um, part of this is the legislative process. And it's up to the supervisors to make sure they have a process that uh, allows us to identify the legals from the illegals. And when they get uh, that uh, taken care of, then it will be much easier. 
I know that doesn't answer uh, your question fully, but um, I, I think people are trying to make a difference. Um, I'm just not sure it's been uh, as full as it should be. It's been quite the discussion the last month or two. I will say that. I've had a difficult time watching it and uh, hours and hours of it. Well, you know, it's, what's interesting is, is that, you know, the legislative process I tend to stay out of because my job is uh, law enforcement. Um, and so people are keep saying, why aren't you going to the supervisors and trying to direct them to a particular outcome? And I don't see that as, as my job. Um, I did go to the uh, state legislature in uh, 2011 and back then tried to get cultivation of marijuana a um, made a wobbler, a, a felony or a misdemeanor, which it wasn't at the time. Um, I was greeted with uh, almost catcalls by both the Republicans and the uh, Democrats. Um, and so how... You, you give it a little time, and next thing you know, Prop 64 passes. So I guess I was just ahead of my time. There you go. And, uh, <laughs> you know, if they'd listened to me, maybe things would have been a little bit more manageable. There you go. All right, we're going to get another caller on the air. Here we go. Caller, you're on the air with David Eister, RDA. Are you there, caller? Hello? Okay, that one didn't work. Let's try another one. Caller, you're on the air with RDA. David Eister, are you there? Hello? All right, now the phones are just being doggone weird. All right, let's try another one. I can hear somebody breathing, but let's try another one. Oh, wait, maybe if I turned it on, that would work. Okay, caller, you're on the air. Thank you, wrong buttons. All right, there we go. Caller, you're on the air. Am I finally on? You are. Sorry about that, sir. Okay, um, I was wondering up here. I was in a case down south. And the public defender was able to keep me from testifying, you know, kept my defense out. And then when it came to the end of the thing and he said, I rest my case, I yelled out, what about me? And they went on as if I didn't say a word. And he knew I was trying to get him to let me testify the whole damn trial. I even stood up in court and the judge told me to shut up and sit down or he'd take me out of there. But I found out there's a rule that says that... That can be, I mean, that doesn't matter. They, there's an assumption that I did not want to speak if I don't. So I was wondering if they do that here up in Mendocino County where the assumption, if you have a public defender and he keeps you from speaking, and the assumption is that you did not want to. Does that occur up here? All right, we'll take no, that, that, that 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 doesn't occur up here. Um so the, the way, first of all, there's all sorts of evidentiary rules that we have to follow in the courtroom. And the, um, and the uh, judge, you know, monitors those rules on them and the likes. But in, in the case of, for example, a jury trial, a defendant, it's, it's ultimately the defendant's right to testify or not to testify. Um, and so, for example, when I was doing a trial earlier this month, the defendant wanted to testify. And so the judge uh, has to advise that defendant ahead of time, you have a right to remain silent. If you want to waive that, it's your call. It's not your attorney's call. Um, and you go from there. So, you know, it's, it's strange. There's 58 counties, and it's strange how uh, uh, they, they're all a little bit different, even though they're all following the same state laws. 
So, um, is that an interpretation? Uh, is that something just the way you interpret it, or is there a difference really? It can it can be cultural. It can be interpretive. It could be uh, a change in the law. It could be a new case that uh, hmm. came out that uh, a judge thinks is. Uh, requires a certain uh, ruling and uh, movement in a certain direction. Okay. So there's, you know, there's a lot of moving pieces in trials. Um, it's far more than people, I think, realize. All right. Let's see about getting another caller on here. Thank you. I, Thank you. Uh-huh, now that I have all the buttons pushed, let's try another caller. Caller, are you with us this morning? Hello? Hello. You're here. You're on the air. You have a question for RDA. Hello, hello. Now, I have all my buttons pushed. I know I do. Caller, are you there? Okay, I guess not. 895-2448 if you'd like to get a call in with David Eister. So, um, the the judge... Oh, wait, we've got another caller. Let's see if we can get him on this time. Good morning. You're on the air. Are you there? Hello? Hello? Oh, they're messing around. Okay, let's try somebody else here. Hello, caller. Whoops. Caller. Nope. They're just all being weird today. Let's try this number. Okay. Hello, caller. Nope. All right. It's not me this time. That I know. Doesn't want to do it. All right. So let's try one last call here. 895-2448. Sorry about the phone lines. Some of it's me and some of it's the phones, I know. Um, but we're going to try to get number th- no, another caller on here. Good morning, caller. Are you with us this time? Hmm. I have no idea what's going on, folks, but I will tell the techies that they... Hello, can you hear me? Oh, there we go. Somebody there. Yes. Hello, can you hear me? I can hear you. You're on the air. I swear it's not us this time. Caller, are you there? Yes, I am here. Hey, can you finally. Hear this? We can okay. this time. Yeah, I think it's okay. somebody's phone okay. this time. Well, it's, there's a problem with your phone, which is hanging up on callers after two rings. Interesting. It well, just, we'll pass that it on. It just goes blank, and that's Great. part of what's a problem there. Oh, so. good old AT&T. We'll blame it on AT&T because they're not here to defend themselves. How's that? Right. So <laughs> okay. My question for the yes. DA is, uh, is who calls in Comet? Is that a, a call that's made by the by the sheriff's office or the DA's office or by building and planning? Who, who dimes no, no, com- people with Comet? Comet is a... Uh- Common is a division of the sheriff's office, so they report directly to Sheriff Kendall. And so um, when you say who calls them in, um, it tends to be uh, complaints come in, say, from neighbors, and they go out and investigate. Or, uh, for example, uh, uh, in this recent investigation, what's that again? Comet investigates? Sure, Comet does investigate. Ah, thank you. So what's the state agency that we used to hear about that seems to have slipped past my senior memory? Uh, camp. That was in camp, yeah. Are they still in, are they still happening? Um, the, the campaign against marijuana uh, plannings or production, depending how you use the words, um, 
is is barely there. Um, it's it hasn't been uh, funded for years. Um, oh. If there's a, it used to be the camp would be in Mendocino County for at least a couple months, if not a little bit longer. Now, uh, if camp is here, um, maybe two weeks at most. Yeah. So um, you just don't see them like they did in the old days. Yeah. Thanks for the call. Yeah, the sheriff actually addressed that when he was on the air last uh, two weeks ago, I guess it was. So, All right. We're going to attempt to get somebody else on the All air right. here this morning. Good morning, caller. You're on the air with us. Hello. Hello. You're on the air with us. Hello. Hello. You're on the air. It's not me. I swear, AT&T, you guys get your act together. Yeah. There we go. You hear me. me. I swear. Okay. okay. There we go. We're going to drop Hello? that. Hello? Are you on the air? There we go. Yep. They're gone. All right. We're going to get that one out of there. they got to turn their radio off. So, okay. We're going to try one more call to see, and then we're going to boogie out of here, David, because i got to wrap up earlier than I did last time. Hi, caller. You're on the air. Nope. I can hear him talking in the back. One, two, three. You're there. You yes, I can hear One, you. One, two, three. Nope. Four, I have no idea. Caller. Whoops. Caller, you're on the air. Hi. Hi. Um, I'd like to hear the district attorney um, address what he thinks about the lack of mental health resources, substance abuse um, resources, um, a uh, residential treatment facilities, the lack of those, and the lack of affordable housing in our community and how that affects crime. And also, I'd like to clarify one thing. In listening to the interview, I, I gathered it seems like um, D.A. Eister might believe that the uh, legalization of marijuana has led to an increase in violent crimes in Mendocino County. And I just want to clarify if that's actually his belief. All right, we're going to take that off the air. Thank you. Okay, David, that was a bad. That was well, a bunch of it. Yeah, that's about a week's worth of questions. Yeah. Let me see what I can do there. Yeah. Um, I I think we need more affordable housing here. We have a a, a uh, unhoused issue here in in the uh, Ukiah Mendocino County, Willits, the coast, um, and that's a a decision that has to be addressed both at the uh, Board of Supervisors level and also uh, by the uh, governor and the state legislature. Um, you see that they have, they're putting people in the Motel 6s with vouchers, and um, that's uh, partially okay. Um, it's causing problems in its own right. Some people are respectful neighbors in those settings. Others are not. Um, we're seeing more police calls to uh, the, those hotels that are being used uh, for that purpose. Um, I, I'm still disappointed with the uh, response of, uh, of mental health care with the law enforcement. We, uh, I, I think the uh, chief of uh, Ukiah PD keeps uh, saying that we need to have these uh, vans where uh, a, a psych tech or psych worker and the police respond at the same time because the job of, of dealing with folks that are having uh, mental breaks um, really shouldn't have to be the uh, job of the police officer or the in the jail shouldn't have to be a uh, mental health facility. Um, it needs to be a, a jail. So, um, 
So do those cases make it to the courts actually? Or are those handled in with mental health uh, professionals and that kind of stuff? I, I don't know. Do you see those cases getting to you? Some do. Some do, uh, some actually Some come do. to okay. me and, and some don't. Uh, there's certain what I'll call off-ramps within the criminal justice system where you can get uh, mental health diversion, right. uh, things like that on, on rather serious cases, mind you. And uh, so the system is, is trying to deal with that. Um, we're not done yet. We still need to, to do that. So uh, that is a, it's, it's not a Mendocino problem. It's a uh, national problem. And uh, we, we need to have uh, national solutions in addition to state solutions, in addition to local solutions. And then the big question about the marijuana and the le- lightening up or the loosening up of the laws and the legalization of it. Um, yeah, how, how do you approach that as a DA? I mean, there's been a lot of changes about, you know, bringing um, low-level offenders back to the counties and all of that. So what, how, does that, how does that affect you, and how do you feel about that? I, I applaud the, uh, the uh, marijuana folks that have actually uh, shown patience, uh, expended resources, and developed themselves and got both a, a state license and a, a local permit. Those people I applaud. It wasn't easy, and uh, they've done a good thing. Um, I'm, I'm not um, as pleased with the folks that are, you know, they apply locally, don't follow through with their application, never get a state license, and still are complaining that they should be treated just like the folks that are what I'll consider fully legal. Um, so we have a long way to go in that regard. Do I believe that legalization has created crime? No, I, I believe that there continues to be uh, people out there that are trying to take care of or, or prey off of uh, folks that are growing marijuana. Um, the folks that are fully legal have security plans and everything else in place. The ones that are not don't. And we see constantly uh folks that are locally preying on others, and we have these uh, uh, rotten people that are coming in from outside the area, and we have a, a bunch of that. We have folks from all over the United States and from foreign countries coming here to prey on folks that um, I expect to be peaceful farmers. So um, we're, we're trying to deal with it. I'm, I'm trying to make it so that there's a disincentive to uh, come to Mendocino County and uh, prey on others and rob them, take their hard work and the likes. That's what I'm trying to do. Um, And it's hard because there's a a large volume of that occurring. I've always told marijuana folks, if you've been the uh, victim of a uh, home invasion or a robbery, report it to law enforcement because I'd rather go after the home invader and the robber than I would to deal with someone because they had some uh, illegal marijuana. That, that, that's a priority. I've, I've always had that priority, and I have it today. And once they start doing compliance and checking out building and planning enforcement, that and the sheriff starts stepping in, have you seen any? You haven't, I don't know if you've prosecuted any of those cases before, but then that's where you'll become involved when they've been tagged with law enforcement, correct? Well, you know, I, I don't deal with just the, the what I'll consider the, the nickel and dime small stuff. 
Right. I, I deal with, uh, I have limited resources, so I have to deal with a, uh, a higher level offender. Okay. And we have folks that are, you know, thousands and thousands of plants that were nowhere close to legal. Right. Okay, David Eister, I have to wrap this up and get off the air. I want to thank you so much for coming on the air and the good work you do. And we will continue to be in touch with you in the future. And heal well. Thank you, Karen. Heal well. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, and heal well. Take care of that arm. All right. I will. Thanks so much, David. All right. right, Goodbye. Bye. You've been listening to TKO, and we're going to go out, and pretty soon they're going to be classical music. So I want to let you know that we, our flash drive did uh, $84,000, just over $84,000 with 704 people donating. Thank you so much. And do stay tuned for classical music. I'll be back with you in two weeks. Have a great sunny spring day. This has been a production of KZYX Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM, Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. You can check out our website at kzyx.org to find more content like this, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thanks for listening.